Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Sifter. My name is Gianni. Thank you for joining us for another episode of our review podcast where we talk about the games that we have been playing. Uh, if it's the first time you've ever tuned into Mainstream, thanks for joining us. The team behind Sifter.com.au um, share their experiences playing a variety of games. Those big, high-profile AAA titles, smaller games, retro re-releases, it's all covered here. Now, Fiona Bartholomew joins me on this episode. The most powerful game player in the Sift team uh, is now taking on the role of the most powerful character in all of video games. Fiona, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Um, you've been playing, uh, you've been floating, you've been bouncing, you've been absorbing enemies in the newest entry in the Kirby series, the 3D Kirby and the Forgotten Land. First up, yes. let's find out what's been making the news on Walkthrough. This is Mainstream. So Fiona, for people who haven't come across this game yet, what is Kirby and the Forgotten Land? So Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, it's uh, kind of a 3D platformer. You play as a little round blob, kind of, called Kirby. Little pink little guy. And you run around as Kirby and you can absorb enemies, items, random rocks that are on a path and use them to attack enemies. But you can also take their abilities so you can uh, get fire abilities from a fire creature and then use them to help progress through the levels. And uh, in this game, uh, you get sucked up into a vortex and you end up in New World and all your friends, the Waddle Dees, have gone missing and been captured. So it's your job to go and find them all. So it's, it's lots of fun being able to see what sort of things you can do with Kirby's absorbing ability and what kind of elemental attacks, but also sword attacks and things like that you can get from it. It's um it's the first fully 3D game um, that's been made in the series. Can you tell me a little bit about what it's like to explore that world? Can you draw any parallels? It's it's given me very much Mario Odyssey kind of vibe. So like that 3D running around. Granted, Mario Odyssey is a little bit more open world than this Kirby game, but you can run around and explore, find hidden pathways. Uh, it, it's honestly a good idea to explore because there's lots of hidden uh, Waddle Dees as well. So I might be running along and I'll run into an ice cream and eat the ice cream and then turns out that's a an extra side mission that I didn't know was a thing. So then you have to go and find them all. So it's very much you have to explore quite a lot, 
but um the game doesn't throw you too many curveballs that you you get stuck and aren't really sure what to do there's always either enemies to absorb and take their abilities or little hints on how to progress if you get a bit stuck tell me a little bit about the the story in the game how does it unfold yeah so it starts off because kirby games like some people well I'm assuming I haven't played many other Kirby games, but in this game, there's no talking. There's no um, voice actor dialogue. There is like text box, but no spoken dialogue. So the game starts off with like a cutscene, and Kirby's just living living its best life, running around, and then gets sucked into the sky and ends up in New World, um, and then has to to walk along and finds out that some of the Waddle Dees from his world have also been kidnapped by the Beast Pack. Um, so he meets a friend called Elephant. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and together they go and they try and find the Waddle Dees. But um, unfortunately, a little bit further on, spoilers, uh, Elephant gets kidnapped, so then you also have to try and find your friend too. So it's very much just trying to search everyone. I'm not up to the point to find out what happened to Kirby's new friend, but I'm very excited to see what happens. But like you said before, it's a Kirby game. So, of course, we we have appearances of King Dedede and Meta Knight as well. You can also build up a town as well when you collect the Waddle Dees. Can yes. you tell me a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, so once you progress through, like, the first world, um, you get told, oh, there's there's a Waddle Dee town. And all the Waddle Dees that you save go back to this town that they've created because they're in a new world. Then they're, they're not home where they normally live. So they've created a new town. And every time you save another Waddle Dee, it goes to the town. And then there's little places that will say, oh, you need 58 Waddle Dees to open this. And then once you get it um, and go back, it will say, oh, look, you've got a post office. So you can have a weapon shop and there you can choose any of the weapons slash abilities. You can also upgrade them into more powerful abilities. There's a post office where you can get special codes to get gifts um, online, but also in the game too. Um, There's a shop where you can buy food. There's a training place where you can battle and train um, some of the previous enemies you fought. There's a lake, a fishing, a fishing lake. Of course, you can't have a game without like a fishing mini game in it. Um, but you can also play co-op too, which I haven't had a chance to to try out yet. But I'd be very interested to see if that makes the game easier or or more difficult. So I'll have to see if I could drag one of my friends along and try and get them to play co-op with me. But it's it's nice coming back to the town and seeing it progress and grow as you get through the game too and really see how many Waddle Dees you actually saved. Is it a hard game? Not Particularly, I mean, to begin with, um, in the first kind of world level, they teach you all the mechanics like how to be a car, how to be a traffic cone and a vending machine and the stuff that you will need to to complete puzzles. And, I mean, you kind of get used to the formula after a while. Like you might see a metal crate and you go, oh, I need a cone to smash these. Obviously, there's a cone nearby. Let's try and find it. Um it's, I wouldn't say it's super difficult. Maybe for a younger person playing it, it might be because I've had a little bit of trouble with some of the boss battles. 
because I'll go in so quite often with some of the boss battles, it will give you a couple choices of which um, abilities you want. Like if you want the cutter ability, if you want to go in with bombs or fire. And sometimes I've chosen one and I start the boss battle and I'm like, oh, I think this would have actually been easier with another ability. You can complete it still with whichever one, but sometimes I feel the boss battles are a little bit more tailored to a certain ability than others. So that might be a bit difficult for people. But honestly, if you just jump and keep spamming attack, you can you can pretty much do it because that's what I did. Um, you t- sort of touched on it there, but one of the big uh, new features of this game is the mouthful mode. So normally Kirby like completely swallows anything and then takes on its power, but this one is where you kind of just like stretch kind of wildly, <laughs> crazily yeah. over a bunch of different <laughs> objects, uh, including cars, traffic cones. On so strange machines. to see him do that. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about sort of the the puzzle solving uh, aspects that come out of the different uh, different things that you can absorb as mouth in mouthful mode? Yeah, so in Mouthful Mode, one of the things that I know a lot of people are excited for, and so as I was the car. So you can be a car in this game and like zoom along and like kind of do drifts, but not really. And it's so much fun. So with the car, there might be a sort of track and you have to do a couple jumps while going fast and then uh, jump and speed into a wall and break down the wall. And there's a hidden Waddle D there, which you wouldn't know if you didn't speed up and jump. Um, there's been ones with um, like a, a construction staircase, like scaffolding staircase, which you have to place in the right positions. You can also like fall over as this, the, the scaffolding and like destroy enemies that way, which is kind of sad and grim, but also really funny at the same time. So there's ones where you have to position the staircases in the right way to be able to progress to the next part of the level. Um, one that I had recently... Uh, I was walking along in one of the levels and I noticed there was a a triangle in the wall and like a circle on the floor. And I was like, well, obviously the triangle's the cone. But then I was like, Kirby's not big enough to be the circle in the floor. And then I realized that I might have to do the mouth mode for the water. So you can find a water pump somewhere and get Kirby to absorb heaps of water and then you sit in the ground and then that's how it unlocks an extra little area in a Waddle Dee. So you can use them in such interesting ways. With the vending machine, I just like to spam shooting the the drink cans at enemies and you can collect them again as well. So it's lots of fun. It's really interesting to, to see all the different things that you can do because I wasn't expecting them to have so many um, ways to use the mouthful mode. I was expecting, oh, yeah, maybe like one or two and they'll appear every now and then. But you actually use them quite often to progress through the levels, which is really cool to see how they've integrated it. Um, tell us a little bit about the world uh, that you're playing through because there's lots of sort of familiar elements for people who may have played other Kirby games or even, in, as you said, in the Smash Bros. games, some of those Kirby characters do appear as well. But tell us a bit about the world that you're exploring in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Well, at the moment, I'm in the desert level. So I'm about to finish the desert level. Um, and it's great. There's like lots of little characters. There's like little cute foxes, but like other sort of 3D platform games, they change depending on what region you're in. So they're a little bit more, I guess, in terms of like Pokemon normal looking type in like the grass level. And then they're a little bit darker looking in the 
desert or the cave system. So it's it's really cool how they change them throughout the worlds. But you've got like your basic grass. You've got a abandoned um, shopping center. So abandoned like city and a shopping center and an underground system. There's the desert world. There's the water world as well that a lot of platformers have, which a lot of people really don't like. But it's fun. In the water world, you... Uh, can swim as Kirby, but Kirby's got a little life ring, so you kind of like float around, which is great. Um, but it's really interesting, again, going back to the mouthful mode, with the water world, you can be just like a round ring, and then you can use that if you hop on a boat and kind of propel yourself and like drive a boat, which is great. It's, I mean, this game, when it was first pitched, it kind of looks like it's almost like a post-apocalyptic game, but it sounds like there's like lots of variety in the different um, the worlds that you're exploring. Is it is there sort of some a story that's told through this this post-apocalyptic or is it sort of set dressing? Um, yeah, th- yeah, it's not so much a story. The, the basics of the story is very much you're just trying to find the the hidden and missing waddledees and bring them back to town. Um, so there hasn't been too much of a explanation on the post-apocalyptic thing, but it's still really cool, especially seeing the post-apocalyptic city because it's not like, gloomy or depressing it's very bright like the Kirby games are it's all overgrown with with trees and plants and flowers so it doesn't look desolate or anything it just looks like new life which I really enjoy that they've done that all the different worlds are very quite different from each other and they portray them all like I was saying very bright like none even in the cave system even though obviously it's darker because you're in a cave it's not super gloomy, like they have lights around the place or LED signs and things like that. So they're very much, I feel, leaned into the Kirby world where it's kind of that bright, pastely, upbeat sort of look, which I'm very much enjoying because sometimes you play games and you go to like the desolate areas and it's really dark and depressing, but not so much with Kirby. That's good. That sounds like a nice contrast there. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, you sort of talked about some of the boss battles um, and some of the things that you were experiencing uh, when you take on those final challenges. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the bosses that you'll be facing uh, in this game. Yeah, so there's one, and I can't remember the the name off the top of my head, but she's a swan and she spins around really quickly and flies, and it's a, it's a pain because she just drops on top of you, and it's a bit hard to dodge it. So there's a person like that. There's uh, a gorilla of sorts with hammers. There's someone who kind of throws the knives at you. She's a bit annoying, but if you can dodge well, you're pretty set with her. Um, there's a tree boss as well uh, where it will try and, like, whack you with roots, but you can learn to dodge them. So it's actually quite a wide variety of bosses. And the cool thing about the bosses as well is that they mimic the abilities that you can get. Like, with the the spinning enemy, you can actually get a wind sort of power where you can spin very similar. You can get a hammer power. You can get a cutter, which is kind of like the knives. So I, I really like that it mimics the bosses and can kind of show you what you can do, even though your skill set and your um, ability isn't as developed as the bosses, it can still, I guess, give you an idea of how you can attack um, the other enemies you encounter. That's quite a clever little uh, design uh, decision there, don't you think, to kind of yeah expand on, on things that you're familiar with as a player um, to sort of set that up as the, the basis of, of how to counter some of those moves. Um, 
Can you tell me, were there any moments that really stood out to you or, you know, made you really smile or, or things that were any that were particularly tricky as you were playing the game? I think the things that were the, the trickiest for me were like the, what I was saying with the boss battle where sometimes you go and you're like, oh, I think I've chosen the wrong weapon, but that's okay. There hasn't been anything super like tricky that stumps me. I'm the kind of person where if I get stuck on a puzzle and it bothers me heaps, I will put down the game and then it takes me a while to come back to it. But the puzzle in this puzzles in this game aren't super difficult then I feel like I can't ever get past it which is really really quite nice and I guess they've made it that way so younger players can play too but it's just really satisfying when you're running along and you accidentally find a waddle dee or you see a puzzle and you know exactly how you can solve it so then you have to search through the level to find the item you need to solve it so I think it's it's just satisfying being able to know that you can you can get through it but it is there is a bit of frustration, but in a good way that comes with games. When you get to the end and you've missed a couple of Waddle Dees along the way, you just somehow accidentally walk past the secret entrance. But it's good because it means um, there's rep- replayability because you can go back and play through that game and you know, yes, I've got the first two Waddle Dees and the last one I'm missing the third. So you can kind of gauge and know where that Waddle Dee might be in the map so you can like explore a bit more. So I think they've done really well with the replayability aspect, especially with the little hidden quest too. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what does it sound like to be in the world of Kirby? I really quite enjoyed the music. One thing that stood out to me recently um, in the desert level, which I'm currently playing, normally with with desert levels you have like guitars and things like that, like the kind of vibe that's associated with those sort of levels. But this one, it had like an accordion, it had a violin and guitars as well. And I wasn't expecting those instruments in in the desert level, but I really enjoyed it. And it was quite upbeat and like, yeah, you can do it, uplifting kind of music. So I I really enjoy that even in the difficult sections, in the boss battles, in the cave segments, the music's still kind of uplifting as well, which again goes with the whole Kirby aspect of being this cute pink little ball that's just doing its thing in like a bright, colourful world. What's the best way or, you know, the best mindset you think to to come into this game and and who do you think it's for? Honestly, I'm I'm just going to say it's for anyone because I came in, like I said, with my only proper, I'd say proper experience of Kirby being Super Smash Brothers. So, I mean, I had an idea of what Kirby was and what the game was in the the previous games, but I came in with not really any experience and I've really been enjoying the game. It very much does teach you from the beginning as if you don't really have an idea of the different things Kirby can do. So it it is very good for people just jumping in and probably older players who've played some of the original games too. Um, I'd highly recommend if you get in, explore all portions of the levels and the maps because you'll run into different side quests, which will save extra Waddle Dees. Um, even on like the main world map, you can fly around as Kirby and find coins or find little quests that weren't actually there that you have to explore yourself. 
So I think it's just a fun game that you can sit there and relax. I sat there and just played quite a lot of it in one turn, which I probably shouldn't have, but I enjoyed it anyway. So I just highly recommend just jumping in open mind and just having fun being able to absorb a car and a vending machine and lots of weird things. Absorb the world of Kirby in the Forgotten Land and and all the enemies and objects that happen to be in it. Uh, It's out now uh, on the Nintendo Switch. It's uh, developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo. And that is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. This is Mainstream. So this has been Mainstream by Sifter. It's what video games the Sifter team have been playing. My name is Gianni. Thanks for being part of episode 43 of Mainstream, Fiona. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Mainstream theme music. And thanks to Omni Studio, our podcast host, for their support of Sifter's three podcast. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Kyle Paletto, Fiona Bartholomeus. Thank you, Fiona. Uh, Daniel Ang, Adam Christou, Mitch Lowe is our senior producer, and my name is Gianni DiGiovanni, and I'm the executive producer. Uh, Fiona, if people want to find out uh, where Sifter is online, where's the best place for them to go to keep up with what we're, we're doing? Yeah, so you can give Sifter a follow on social media as well as at SifterHQ on Twitter and Instagram, or you can join and discuss your favourite games in our Sifter Discord. So you can visit sifter.com.au forward slash discord. Um, and check out all the cool work that everyone's been doing and share some of your own. We've got a really cool um, creative uh, every week. Basically, people share things and they promote your work, things that they're working on creatively. Uh, and each each Saturday, we share them out um, on our social media as well. So it's a good way to check out to see what the cool things that people are doing creatively. But if you're making stuff, we'd like to see it as well. Um, we've got three podcasts as part of Sifter. Mainstream, which you're listening to right now, is one of them where we review video games. We interview on our podcast Lightmap, where we speak to game developers, creatives, and people who are doing cool things in interactive media. And we've also got uh, Walkthrough, which is a news show. It's Sifter's weekly recap of the biggest news in video games. It's, that one's a nice and short Sunday release every week. Um, 10 to 15 minutes or so. You can find out all the stuff that's happened in the week just in case you've missed it. So head to your podcast player, type in Sifter and give us a follow. You can get every episode of Lightmap, Walkthrough and Mainstream for free. And while you're on there, if you give us a rating and review, uh, that we'd be much, much appreciated. And we've also got a website. So make sure you head on over and check it out. It's sifter.com.au. There's articles, pieces, videos, and more that you can have a look at there. And if you like what you heard, you can tell a friend uh, who you think you would like it to and give some support to the show by giving us a review. We'd very much appreciate it. Uh, you can head to the Sifter store to buy a cool Australian-made and Australian-designed video game-inspired shirts. You can support our independent video game journalist journalism. That's at sifter.store, or you can head to sifter.com.au and click on Merch up the top. That's all the time we have for this episode of Mainstream. Thanks, Fiona. Thank you. And until next time, have fun. Thank you. 
Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 